Hey, welcome to the Lyric House Church podcast. Our mission is to host a house for him. Join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for our live service. Make sure to check out our Facebook page for details about upcoming events and information on our small groups that meet throughout the week. Thank you for being part of our broader community, and we hope you enjoy this podcast. Okay. All right, so you ready? Set. <laughs> Go. Okay, okay. Um, hi, guys. How was everybody? Good. How are you? So I'm so good. Thanks for asking. You're excited. I'm so glad. So this room is where we're going to be directing our, our conversation because everybody over here is asleep. Are you guys good? It's good? Wake up. I, right. I mean, we could go back in for another hour. Yes? Yeah. Oh, okay. Don't, don't tempt me. Tiffany's got the mic, so she's leading. Well, that's a hard no. Nobody wants that to happen. That's no. Okay, so when, um, when we were praying about what to do for Mother's Day, because our, our moms deserve something extra special, I really felt like the Lord said to have um, the mothers, the leaders come up and share some stuff. And... So that's fine. I like that was wonderful. Except for then I didn't really know what he wanted us to share. And he does that so that I will be spontaneous and let him move because if not I would try to plan it all and do ahead of time do it ahead of time. So um I really feel like he was leaning um towards like the mothering heart of God and but I didn't really have a lot of depth of what he wanted to go into. And so I was like, hey girls, will you guys do a, a panel, like a Q&A with me? And Melissa was like, yes. And I was like, <laughs> okay, good. I'm holding you to that before you tell me no. And Amanda's my yes girl too. She's like, sure. And then she doesn't think about it again until like the day of, so it's great. But I was thinking about how, <laughs> I was thinking about, um, I was letting them know this week what, what it was kind of going to kind of look like. And I didn't really know myself. So it was like, guys, I think maybe kind of it's going to look like this. And um, but they kind of responded. And um, I think I first of all want to just kind of explain how different the three of us are why, and why this is going to be so fun. And I'm going to first let Melissa introduce herself and who our kiddos are, who her husband is, and Amanda as well, because I think most people know us, but just real quick, we're going to go ahead and do that, so you guys can have some background. I'm Melissa. I'm married to Tim. He's gone. (laughs) He ducked down. (laughs) He was on the drums. He preaches like once a month. There he is. (laughs) He just ducked down by the chairs. So I'm married to Tim. We have um, four children that are ours and then we have four amazing children that have married in um so we have sierra the worship leader she's our oldest and her husband adam um we have a daughter camry who lives in west virginia and her husband um we have courtney who is here and her husband johnny she's my mini me if you can't tell she's mine (laughs) um and then we have our boy samuel and he's out of town this weekend with his wife hannah so that's us i'm the least qualified because i have the least number of children up here (laughs) (laughs) you've been doing it the longest i haven't done i wasn't gonna tell him i was the oldest and had it done it longer but (laughs) so that's me Is there anything else you want me to talk about? 
Um, I'm Tiffany, and Jason's my husband, and we have six amazing kiddos, and Jalen's upstairs with your children, leading them, teaching them about the Lord. Um, Trinity is probably with her because, yep, they're sidekicks, and Jace is around here somewhere. Where are my children? Oh, oh they're all upstairs because they were just dying to hear their mom speak, I guess. Oh, but my little, my little Saya, yeah, yep. Is Tatum upstairs too? Oh, okay. Saya, oh, I love you, bud. Saya, and then Trust is in Kid Church. Um, and then Hayden. Where's Hayden? Don't tell me he's upstairs, too. Oh, good grief. Okay. There's my son-in-law. Hi. It's my favorite son-in-law. Oh, 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 guys. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe I forgot. Jayla's having a girl. I mean, I, of course, I knew that she was, but we're just, we needed it to be confirmed, and now it's confirmed, so. Grandma, it's fine. Grandma Tiffany. Grandma. Just grandma. Okay. Um, my name is Amanda, and I um, am married to JD right here. That's my husband. <laughs> and we have five very wonderful children. Um, Abby is our oldest, and then Autumn. And Brody is back there next to Josiah. And then Blake and Emma are both upstairs. Um, that's about all I got. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all clearly tired. OK. Um, so Jason's going to facilitate the questions. And then we're going to take turn answering. You ready? I'm ready. Look how cute you are. Thanks. <laughs> he does. I feel like I'm on a game show. Okay. I- <laughs> Right. Do we get a buzzer? Yeah. Whichever one of us gets it first. <laughs> okay. So, I want to thank you guys for coming on the show this morning. Oh, <laughs> Don't make them talk anymore. They're, they can probably hear us outside anyway. So. Yeah, we could probably turn that off, actually. Um, all right. So, first question. When I say the comforter side of... Or the nurturing side of God, what does that mean to you? Who are you asking? I'm asking you because you have the microphone. I always have the microphone. Um, This is my own question, so you would feel like, oh, thanks. Oh, oh, thank you. (laughs) Nice touch, Adam. Nice touch. (laughs) Uh, This is where you guys will give us all of your tithes and offerings, so whoever wins. Just joking. Um, Okay, so... What is um, the nurturing side of God to you? So the nurturing side of God to me is um, when we read in... When we read in Genesis, it talks about El Shaddai. And then, um, again, in Genesis, it it mentions the Ruach or the, the, the Ruach Elohim. It's actually a feminine name. And so it's, it's pointing to more feminine names of God and not to get confused. Like we're not, we're not new AG. We're not weird. We're not saying that God is a girl. Like we know that he's, you know, like he there's, it's a feminine or it's a, it's a masculine, um, he's a masculine being. I mean, he's God, right? But he has this, if we have to in, to, to be able to break it down so that we can understand it, understand that he has this feminine side, that he's gentle, he's the nurturer, he's the comforter. And I think that we get so confused and we get, we, so many of us are taught that he's this judge, 
mental wrathful God. And when we, if we only read the Old Testament, we see this side of him. Um, but if you, if you, that's why I wanted to bring up these, these names, Elohim and El Shaddai, um, the Ruach Elohim, because it shows this gentle side of God and, and that he is all encompassing, that he is all in one. And I think that's the part of God that I fell in love with. And that's what captivated me to see that this God that hung the stars, that placed the planets, that knows every hair on my head is gentle and kind. And, I, and it comes from a place of not always having a father that was gentle and kind to me. And so I think that realizing this was who God really is, that he's, yes, he's almighty. Yes, he's powerful, not to take away from that, but he's gentle and he's kind. And I don't think we talk about that enough as Christians. So when I hear the word comforter, I immediately think of the Holy Spirit. And I just, when I was thinking about this question and the nurturing side of God, like that's, that's the Lord that I met, like was the nurturing God, the God who, who is graceful, who is merciful, who I don't deserve, but he loves me anyway. And, um, I just really thought the comforter reminds me of the Holy Spirit. And I think that it just shows the Lord's nurturing way that it didn't end at the cross. Like he, he went to the cross, he died, he rose again. And that wasn't even all he sent his spirit to dwell inside of us. And so when I think of comforter, it doesn't mean that life's always comfortable, but he's always there for me. He's always, always there for all of us, um, throughout everything, even when I don't deserve it. Um, there's nothing that I've done that, that deserves his love, but he gives it anyway. And that's just who he is and who he will always always be. I think too, it shows that there is a mother side of God. Like we're all created in God's image. So if we are all created in his image, then there has to be a mother side to him because he created us male and female. And for me, the comforter, it's, it's when, when you need to just be held, you know, you go to your mom and she just holds you and comforts you and doesn't say go rub some dirt on it and let's move on you know I mean and so <laughs> that's the dad side you know so I de depend on whose house you're in <laughs> <laughs> but I mean it's just that you know you have that comfort place to where you can go to him and he will hold you and he will love you and he will coach you through the hurt or the pain that you're experiencing at that time and restore you like a mother would. Not that dads don't do that too, but they're more like, okay, yep, let's walk through it, let's go. You know, get up, stop crying, let's go fix it. Where moms are a little more, okay, let's, let's cuddle, let's love, let's talk about how to fix it now. You feel better, let's go fix it. You know, and I think that that's how God is with us and that's that mother side of God because if we are all created in his image, male and female, there has to be a female side. Um, had this revelation a couple weeks ago, really. So when God created Adam, he put everything inside of Adam that he needed to create woman. And if we are created in his image, like man and woman is inside of him because that's what he created inside of Adam was man and woman. So that was, that was kind of. That's good. That's good. It is good. She's always got those little nuggets. This, I have to say, too, is 
as I was preparing for this, I was thinking about how, how different the three of us are and how I always call Melissa. I don't, do you like it when I call you that? I don't care. I always call her the vitamin mom because she's very much like, um, okay, here's your vitamins. Make sure you took the vitamins. Did you brush your teeth tonight? Let me tuck you in and give you a, tell you a Bible story. And let's, I'm gonna pray with you. Like, I'm sure you probably didn't miss a night. And she's very, like, she takes very good care of us. You know, she's like, Tiffany, have you drank your water? And, um, she's very nurturing, very, very much that motherly, um, like the, she was explaining, like, oh, you hurt yourself. Come here, let me hold you, you know? And um, so that's Melissa. And Amanda is definitely like that as well. But it's funny, the difference of... She, <laughs> she is motherly. She is nurturing. But the difference and like, the preparation of... Uh, Melissa was, like, you know, a month ahead of time, already knew what we were talking about and had it all planned. And so when I give her something, like, randomly a, w- a weekend, I was like, here, we're, this is what we're going to do. She was like, that is not what I've been preparing for, and that is not what I have notes on. That is not what the Lord has been te- telling me. And so I'm confused. And so this is the whole message of Melissa's like, so exactly what does this look like? I, didn't, I don't understand. So like a Q&A. I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah, like that. And then Amanda randomly texts me, like, randomly one thread and was like, cool, sounds great. <laughs> like, <laughs> And then comes this morning and she was like, oh yeah, I figured I should probably think about what we were talking about today. And that's just the difference between them. And, but that's the thing with Amanda is she will come and blow us all out of the water. Right, girls? Like she knows her scripture. She knows the Lord and she's confident in that. And she, like she, what the difference with Amanda, she'll spend time with him alone that it just resonates through her life. Right? And well, so, this, this has taken me into my next question. <laughs> What? This is taking us into the next question. Oh, and I see, actually I wanna I wanna direct that to Amanda as okay. well. Okay. So Amanda. We're working on the confidence. <laughs> yeah, so she says I'm confident in it, I'm not. So I got here this morning and I was like, I've never been more unprepared for something in my life because I got the questions on Wednesday and I looked at them this morning. So okay so what does intimacy with the lord look like in your life amanda i this was a hard this was actually the hardest question for me um Man, it just, it looks like opening my word and reading my word and just constantly having this open conversation with the Lord. I think um, I'll be driving down the street and I'll see something and I'll be like, oh God. And it's just a constant, my mind is always back to the Lord and what the Lord has done for me. Um, Intimacy is just spending time with him, even if it's a couple minutes here and a couple minutes there. Um, You know, I really love to be in my word and I'll open it and um, go to study and I'll get like one verse in and I will sit there for 30 minutes afterwards with just like a conversation with God. Just kind of like I read something in Genesis the other day and it was the most simple verse, but I had never caught it before. And I sat there and I was like, God, we don't even know you. And so that's really intimacy is just knowing him and knowing him more and I'll spend the rest of my life like just trying to know him and I don't even know that if I did it for the next hundred years that I would even scratch the surface of who he is 
because I love him and he loves me. <laughs> Speaking of, she said, because I know him and I love him and he loves me. Um, I, I feel like we need to go back to the fact that I'm his favorite. And <laughs> Melissa whispered to me the other day, when, during our ordination and she was like start speaking that he, you're his favorite again so I'm going to do that and I have the mic and I have to, here's what I'm going to do though I need to prove it to you guys um, I feel like I do because every time I say that I'm his favorite you guys say everyone's his favorite or something about you being his favorite but look I found scripture it says in Song of Songs you can turn there if you want it says 6, 8 through 9 I could have chosen any you guys listening? From among the vast multitude of royal ones who follow me. But unique is my beloved dove, and rivaled in beauty without equal beyond compare, the perfect one, the favorite one. It says it, and like, there's no argument. So there it is. I'm done. <laughs> sure, this just depends on which version we're reading. Her version says Tiffany. Right, I do see that. I saw it too. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the TPT. But I'm the also passion Tiffany. pretty sure that in scripture it says that the Lord shows no Shh, You don't have the mic. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to argue with them. That's Who the am one I? I always go to. The Lord shows no partiality. Uh, but but seriously, so I think that there is something to confidence. Um, whenever I sit with the Lord, whenever I spend time with Him, when I whenever I gain this revelation from reading Scripture or just sitting with Him, uh, there there's this confidence that gains, and it's not arrogance. Like I think we get very confused, and um, it may come across as arrogance in who we are, but that's it's confidence in who we are. If we can read Scriptures and declare that He, all of the things that He's done and all the things that He said about us then we should be able to say as Christians, I'm his favorite. And it doesn't discount. Like we don't have to like lower somebody else to lift ourselves up, right? We can say I'm his favorite. I'm his beloved. I was chosen without making somebody else feel bad. And so um, I think that's what the Lord has done in me and through so much, so much he's done in, in, in the times of just being alone with him. So much he's poured and revealed. Um, but that is one of the things that just one of the snippets of things that he has has done is grown that confidence and and who I am in him um and nobody can take that away so no matter what my day is so no matter if there's people coming against us no matter if my kids have drove me crazy no matter if Jason and I are not agreeing because we never fight no um I know who I am in Christ. I know that doesn't change. And so I don't get on this board of like, I, I, or this train of like, God is far from me. And, and God, like, I just don't know if he even hears me anymore. And like, no, like that is not my life. And so if I, if I do ever get frustrated, I do not lose who I am and, and who he is. Um, it's solid. It's, yeah. it's, it's a seed has been planted and been rooted deeply. Yeah. I'm yeah. a tree. In fact, if you're speaking words like what you just spoke, I mean, those are just lies that you're believing. It's not the truth. The whole statement? <laughs> the, the lies of where you feel far away. If you're believing that you feel far away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're, you're never far away. He's always right there. He's waiting for you to turn to him. Yeah. Well, yeah, your brain is going to believe what you tell it to believe, and your actions are going to follow what you believe. 
And so you, you walk out what you believe about yourself. And Tiffany is God's favorite. I believe it. <laughs> She's also my biggest cheerleader. So Amanda will beat people up for me. So will Lisa. And Melissa cheers me on. So. Because you can beat them up yourself. Oh, yeah. girls like this. I forgot the question. Okay. I've got a, I have a question for Melissa. Okay. Oh, yeah, different one? That's not fair. Well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, in Proverbs 31, what is the image of the woman we read about? Oh, people don't like it when I answer that question. Well, go for it. <laughs> the, the, the question. You have the mic. All right. So for me... Um, we might even want to go ahead and just explain Proverbs 31 just a little bit. Oh, yeah. I will. Okay. <laughs> so for me, um, walking through my Christian walk, growing up in the church, being married to Tim, there's a lot of pressure put on women in ministry. And there's a lot of pressure put on us to be the perfect Proverbs 31 woman. And it's, it's a pressure put on women. It is a misunderstanding of the word. And it's a, I think it's a manipulation of the word where women are taught that they have to be this perfect Proverbs 31 woman when the Proverbs 31 woman is not a woman. She's not real. If you read the whole context, the before, the after, it's a mom teaching her son the qualities that he should look for in a wife. What qualities as a future king that he should have in his mate and in his wife as he's pursuing that next step in his life. And the things that she is describing in Proverbs 31, they're amazing. And they're godly things. And they're qualities that women should possess, but they will possess them in seasons. And they will possess them in different points of their life. There is no human way. Maybe in heaven, we're all going to be that perfect. But here on earth, there's no possible way a woman can be that perfect. There, she would never sleep. She would never eat. She... <laughs> nothing and as you know as I've studied that you know years after years of women's conferences and churches beating up women saying that you have to be this perfect person and continuously striving to be that there there came a point where God was like what are you doing read the whole thing this is not who I'm creating you to be all at once they're seasons of her life. They're qualities of a, of a godly woman. It's not just one woman being like this all of the time. And it breaks my heart because I'm the vitamin mom. And I see women torn down so much by that expectation and that pressure of trying to always be this Proverbs 31 woman. 
and for me, I, because God has shown me the revelation on it, I use it as a checkpoint. So I'll periodically go to Proverbs 31 and I'm like, ooh, what season am I in right now? What quality am I possessing at this moment? And then what's to come, you know? And it's different seasons, different qualities at different times. It's not linear. You're not going to do this one and then, oh, now I got to be this and now I got to be this. No, you're jumping all through that whole thing. And I'm excited for the day when I can be like, I possessed all of those qualities at one point in my life. And so for me, I love it. It takes the pressure off. And that's what God's like, as women, we compare ourselves to everything. We compare ourselves to each other, trying to always be the best Christian woman. And God says, just take the pressure off. That's not how he created us because then we're striving and we're fighting and we don't have joy and we don't have peace. And it's, women need to take the pressure off. So... And that's, you know, I mean, that's how it is. And then that's when you gain the intimacy. See, I'm gonna answer that question. <laughs> that's how you go back. Yeah, I prepared yeah. for that one. Come on. <laughs> but that's how you go back. And that's how you develop the intimacy because then God shows you what stage you're in, what season, what quality you're possessing. And then you learn to walk that out. And you're like, okay, so what does that look like? How does that unfold? My intimacy with God, guys, I raised four children, and they're not that far apart. They range from Sierra's 29 and Samuel's 22. So they're not that big a span. And so most of my Christian walk as a godly woman in the ministry, married to a, a minister, was my reading the Bible was the children's Bible, Bible stories at bedtime. That was 90% of me reading the Bible. My communication with God was during my shower, during the dishes. Um, now I've incorporated him into my yoga. I do my workout and I pray during meditation time. I mean, it's just, <laughs> cause I don't do the meditation stuff, I pray. But it's, to me, intimacy with God is finding where you can include God in every single thing you do in every aspect of your life. So. Yeah, that was so good. Listen, I, I'm the favorite. And so, therefore, I do not, re I don't know if I really struggle with trying to keep up. Um, nobody's going to tell me what I, nobody needs, nobody's going to tell me that I need to look like a Proverbs 31 woman. Like, that's not going to work. Like, don't tell me what I need to be. Um, uh, that's probably my personality. If you try to tell me what to do, I'm going to do the opposite because I, I, it's not fair to try to, to, to put a label on me. And I think that we have done, the church has done that so long to, to women and tell them to sit in the corner and to, you know, like, like we're right. Yeah. I just don't, you know, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Um, that women can't be in leadership, that women need to be, uh, you know, raising their children. Yes, yes, we will raise our children, and my children will be with me while, while we're leading. This isn't a, a, a this or that or one or the other. Like, there's absolutely no reason that all of our children are in, in involved in church. All of them, some of them trust, tried to fake that she didn't feel good this morning because she didn't want to go to church. But guess what? This is who we are. We go to church together. Um, if there's been so many times that we've stayed out late, the kids slept on the chairs and mom and dad were still ministering and it's okay. Like they're okay. They're going to make it. Um, but really there, 
we we also get to choose like whether we let people compare us, whether they want to put this label on us. And um, well, I was going right with this. Oh, what I was going to say is like that's again the understanding of knowing who you are. Like servants, that would be a servant is to be able to measure up to everything that the Proverbs thirty one to 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 measure up and say all of the things that it lists that we should be doing. It's a servant unto your husband. It's a servant unto your family. Um, and that's not God has not called us to be servants. Servants don't get to rest with the Lord. Daughters do. And I think there, there, there's this understanding of I am a daughter. I'm a beloved and I'm Jason's wife. I'm not his servant. I am my children's mother. I'm not their servant. So I, that doesn't mean I have to do everything for them at a certain time. It doesn't mean that I'm required to not love myself. Um, it doesn't mean, it means that now children, I'm going to spend time with the Lord. Mommy needs it. And so you're going to fix yourself some cereal and you're going to, you're going to be fine. Don't come in here. And then when I'm done, I'll come and spend time with you and you'll play with your daddy while I lay out. I mean, that's what that looks like, right? No. Oh. Sometimes. We come alongside each other. We serve together. Yeah, that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what question. Oh, where, where were we at? <laughs> well, we were on Proverbs 31. I remember um, not too long after JD and I came to know the Lord, um, a friend of mine who um, she I've known her most of my life. Like we met in kindergarten, and we were just best friends. And um, haven't really talked to her much in four years because our lives are different. And um, I remember one time she just randomly like texted me early in the morning and she's like, you're a Proverbs 31 woman. And I was like, what? And so I didn't know what Proverbs 31 woman was. And I went and I looked it up and I was reading through it. And I was like, I am not this woman at all. <laughs> like, uh, I think there's one that says like you wake up in the middle of the night and start preparing food for your family. If you know me, you know that I do not wake up in the middle of the night and do anything. I barely get up early in the morning to do stuff. So <laughs> I, I get up with enough time to get Emma ready and myself ready barely <laughs> and sometimes we make it on time <laughs> oh but I read through it and I was uh just reading through it and then I really sat there and I thought and I was like you know I might not be perfect at all of these things but it's my heart's desire to be like this and then I realized I am a Proverbs 31 woman because that's what my heart desires and I'm not gonna ever get all of it right but I do, in seasons, just like Melissa said, get some of it right, and my husband delights in me, so. <laughs> yes, he does. That was good. One more snippet. Can we also, as women, stop trying to fake it? Like, if it's, we, we post pictures on Facebook of our, like, the perfectly clean corner of our house. Come on, guys. We know that. Uh, right. <laughs> So you post no pictures, no. Um, or, you know, like, we'll make sure, we'll only post pictures of our kids when they're perfectly put together, you know. Um, we'll, and and I'm, I'm just talking about Facebook. What happens when we're, in, when we're around people? We, we, um, we only want to display the all, the put together, the happy sides of ourselves, And then that what causes that is there's shame and condemnation of women that aren't measuring up to that. I think if as women, as friends, we can say, hey, yep, today was a good day really interesting day, but I know who the Lord is and I'm going to walk, um, walk in that. But like, let's be real. Let's stop trying to pretend that we're not 
let's not let's not fake it till we make it. Let's let's be real. And like Lisa says, just don't unpack and stay there. All right. Well, and like part of the being <laughs> real is just if you you get into this, I'm perfect, and you just want to put on this perfect thing in front of everybody because you want everybody to think that you have it together. And sometimes we have to admit that we just don't have it all together, and we need our our friends, we need our people in ministry with us to, to know that, like, I struggle with things sometimes, and it's okay to say that I struggle with things sometimes, and then just knowing that the Lord is going to always be there through those struggles, but it's important to to not just say everything's fine. Like that's that's something that I've done most of my life is somebody will say, what's wrong? Nothing, I'm fine. You know, what's going on? Nothing, I'm fine. Because I don't want to tell people that I have something that I'm struggling with, but the Lord knows I struggle with it. So why can't I tell somebody else that I struggle with it too? It's not, we don't have to be perfect. We weren't, like we're perfect and righteous because of Christ, but we're still people too. And so we still have struggles. We're still in this world. We might not be of this world, but we're in this world and people in this world are going to have struggles because it's a fallen world. So like, let's come together and say, Hey, you know, my kids aren't always perfect. My kids did this thing. What am I going to do? Like, how do I parent through this? How do I, as a mother, how do I show nurturing and kindness and caring, even though I'm really upset about this thing my kid did. And you know, it's also important as leaders to know that like we can do the best like we can. We can raise our kids according to the Bible, but they still make their own choices. And so, you know, we can't just lead through words, but we have to lead through actions and have grace for yourself because the Lord has grace for you. And know that just because my kid went and did something that was really, really stupid, um, these kids, all of them, because they all do, um, doesn't mean that I'm a bad mom. I'm a great mom, <laughs> like you know. And it's okay to say I'm a great mom, and it's okay to say my kids do stupid things. Because <laughs> right. she's keeping it real. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. Okay. So I'm going to back up, and I'm going to ask you. In the scriptures, who do you feel like really understood the mother's heart of God and represented intimacy well? What'd you say, JD? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, say it again, babe. Okay. So, in the Bible, who do you feel like represented intimacy with the Father? Well, Jesus. What? that was what I was going to say. Right? <laughs> I mean, that's the obvious one, right? <laughs> Jesus. I mean, <laughs> obviously, Jesus. Um, but really, I think that in every, and not every, because there's some that didn't even really know the Lord in the Bible, but. Um, I really feel like 
there's an aspect of every every character, every story that you go through the Bible, every account, um, where there is a bit of intimacy with all of them. Intimacy is just, it's knowing him and knowing him well. And so obviously Jesus, Jesus often, um, you know, withdrew from the crowd to spend time alone with the Father. Jesus always prayed to the Father. Um, you know, he, he was moved with compassion, um, and that's why he went around ministering and healing and casting out demons is because he was moved with compassion. So Jesus is an obvious answer. Um, but the other ones that I really thought of of this is obviously there was Mary. Um, you know, she showed intimacy well when she just wanted to sit at Jesus's feet and just put her eyes on the Lord, on the one who, who she knew was the Messiah. And then, um, I really also kind of thought of the Samaritan woman, um, you know, she she just knew through a dialogue, through a conversation with Jesus who she was, and she was so excited about it that she went and told everybody that she knew. And then um, I just really think Jesus represented nurturing in that in that encounter really well, because he's the only one who knew all about her. And this is a woman who came to the well at the hottest time of the day because she didn't want to be seen by other people because she was so shameful for who she was. And and Jesus being a man in this time coming and speaking to her, um, it just wasn't what happened in their culture. And he did it because he loved her because he was nurturing her and he wanted her to know that that's not who she is. The, the things that she's done in her past, her past is not who she is. Who she is is the one that Jesus met where she was. Yeah, that's real good. Anyone else? So, um, John, um, and I think that we know that, like we know that John is called the beloved or the one whom Jesus loves. And I was just thinking about that and, and looking into it. And, and we know that we know that like he was able to declare that I'm the one who Jesus loves. But what I think he's declaring, because words have power and names have power, right? Especially in scripture, we see that names have power. Like it's if somebody is named um, something, that's what people believe over them. And so what I believe is he was what he was recognizing by saying that, because he doesn't just get all haughty and talk about himself. He turns it around and starts talking to, about Jesus. And so what, what John is saying, I'm John, the one whom Jesus loves, is he's, he's declaring, look what he's done for me. Look who he's changed me to be. Look what he's turned around. And um, he, I just feel like he's declaring that. And he's declaring, he's he's declaring yeah, I mean, it's my... My, 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 it's my bros, my dude, like he gets it. Like he understands what God has done for him and he is ready to just stand up and declare that. And, um, we see that too. Like he was the inner, in the inner circle of Jesus. Like he got to be there on the mountain transfiguration. He was, he was the one that got to care for Jesus's mom. Like he, because of that understanding of who Jesus was and because of that that shifting of perspective, he got to be close to the one who loves him. And I don't know about you guys, but, um, that's, that's, I mean, I was going to say that's what I want to be, but that's who I am. (laughs) She does not want to talk about this one. (laughs) Moving on. Okay. (laughs) All right. How about this, Melissa? How about this? Talk to us about comparison and motherhood. In the ministry of even comparison to the woman in the Bible. Does that make sense? 
Okay. I don't know. I kind of feel like I talked about that with the Proverbs 31, but for me, and you know, I know not all women are like this, but you know, Tiffany touched on it too. Women tend to compare themselves to other women um, and then try to live up to that comparison of who they think they are. Um, And for me, it was something that I really, really struggled with um, trying to put on, you know, that that perfect person, that perfect pastor's wife. Um, And so I did a lot of comparison. And I did it with the women in the Bible as well. I would read about a woman in the Bible. I'm like, oh, she's so awesome. I have to be her, you know. And so it kind of all just, for me personally, so I'm probably not the best one to answer this question. Um, But it goes back to that intimacy to where all it did was make me feel defeated to where God said, stop, stop comparing your life to others' lives. Stop comparing your, yourself to the women and the men in the Bible. And, you know, just spoke kind of firm with me and just told me you are who you are and who I created you to be. And the only thing that you need to compare to is my life in you. And so I don't really particularly study the women of the Bible or the men of the Bible because what God has told me to look for in the Bible is how he lives through me. So I'm not a good person for that question. <laughs> no, but that's a great answer. It really was. Yeah. That was so good. Yeah, I have a lot on this question. Okay, but you could go first. <laughs> well, and and so because Amanda and I, Melissa and I don't get to lead a lot together, but this is fun. Do you want to do it again? But it really feels natural. Don't you feel like that? Like, she's a pro. Um, But Amanda and I get, I think that we're compared a lot because we teach women's group together. And although we're, we are very actually a lot alike. Like we're, I mean, there's a lot of similarities. We're very similar in a lot of things that we do. Um, But our teaching style is very different. And we love you. Bye hope. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. And happy birthday. Oh, (laughs) when was her birthday? We need cake. She's so mad at me. Anyway, so um, there's, oh, no, she loves you. There's just a natural um, tendency to compare. And um, which, I don't know. I don't know if it's a bad thing. I don't know if comparison has to be a bad thing in the sense of, like, recognizing the difference, right? Like, I think that's okay. Um, it's, when it, it's when it gets shifted to shame. And it gets shifted to, oh, Amanda can memorize scripture and know the addresses so much better than I can. And then it goes to, and we know this, why am I even doing this? You know, like that is where comparison gets dangerous. That's the place that God doesn't want us to be in. And we see it in scripture. We see with Eve how she compared, she was comparing herself to God. You know, she was, Eve was the, I mean, from the beginning of time, women were (laughs) comparing themselves. Like we still haven't figured this out. Um, We have we've figured it out. Our girls have figured it out. Yeah. Um, and then we see with Sarah and Hagar, you know, Sarah, she, she wanted, um, she had Hagar have Ishmael and then compared her life to that and thought, which she shouldn't have done it in the first place, but there's just comparison after comparison. And so we look at women in the Bible. What do you think that the women in the Bible would be doing looking at us? Like, I really feel like they would be just in awe of what, 
to, you know, women today are, have accomplished and walk in and just the, the intimacy with the Lord. And, um, I think that we have to be careful doing that because it's, the grass isn't always greener. It's not always what we think it is. I think that like Tiffany said, um, you know, it's okay if you're, if you're looking at comparison as this is how she's different than me, but I believe that anytime we start to try to compare ourselves to something else or try to measure up to someone else or anyone else, um, it's going to leave us feeling empty because, um, God's designed us all with, with our own gifts. Um, he, didn't make me the same as he made Tiffany and he didn't make Tiffany the same as Melissa or Melissa the same as Tiffany and I are like we are all different we all have different strengths we all have different weaknesses and it's that's where the intimacy with the Lord and knowing your identity really come in but I believe that comparison is a tool of the enemy like I really believe that the devil wants women to to compare themselves to other people and um I know that, you know, Melissa doesn't do it as much anymore, but I, this is probably the place where I struggle the most because I'm constantly like, oh, Tiffany's message is so much better than I am. And she's so much better at doing this than I am. Or, you know, I'll look at other women and be like, oh, they're so pretty. And then it just, it takes this, then I feel like I'm not. And I'm like, no, that's not true. Like they're beautiful. I'm beautiful. She's good. I'm good. We all have different strengths and different areas where the Lord wants to use us. So you can't look at somebody else and, and compare yourself and say, they're better at this. I'm better at this. They're better at this. Because all you're doing is really tearing yourself down and the person that you're like looking to, to compare yourself to. And it just brings in this, this feeling of, um, if I'm comparing that I want something that somebody else has and I don't have it, then I start to feel bad about myself and then envy starts to come in. And then that turns into like anger and jealousy and all this stuff that love is not. And so we have to stop doing that as women. It's okay for me to look at somebody and say, oh man, look what their ministry is doing. That's awesome. I want to be like that. And I'm, I can get there, but I have to work on it. But it doesn't mean that that person has something better than what I have, um, no matter how it looks on the outside, because God has called each one of us to a certain purpose, and he's given us the gifts to complete his purpose. And my gifts are different than her gifts, and her gifts are different than mine. And that's just the way it is. Um, because we're supposed to come together as one. That's where unity comes together. And he's given us all these different things to work together to create the one thing that he wants in our lives. And we have to be careful with comparison too. Like, like Amanda was saying, he created us different for a reason. It was for the church. It was for building the kingdom. It's for him. Like he, if we all look the same, we would all be puppets. We would all be robots. We wouldn't, would we ever get anything done? Like he, he has set us apart and made us and created us to be a certain who we are, but also it's okay if I hang out with Melissa and she rubs off on me a little bit, right? Like that's what iron sharpens iron. That's what being around, that's what edifying, building the church looks like is, is I want to be better at certain things. I want to be better at reminding my kids to brush their teeth, their teeth at night. So maybe I can hang out with Melissa and instead of a shameful thing, I could be like, oh yeah, I need to do that. Yeah. T. 
teach me your ways. Well, and I think it's important too because going to what Tiffany said, that's where it's very important of who you surround yourself with. You have to make sure that you surround yourself with people who you want to rub off on you. People that have, you know, a like mind in what you believe and what you think a good mom is and what you think, you know, um, a good wife would be. Because we do glean from each other and it doesn't have to be a comparison thing. Um, But it's extremely important to watch who you surround yourself with because the people you are around will rub off on you whether you want them to or not. And so it is very important to know who you're with and who your kids are with and the influences in your life and who's speaking who's speaking into your life great 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 answers on that was so good all right so this next one i mean just just kind of talk to us about ministry actually i'm going to rephrase it talk to us about family versus ministry and how how those interact with each other and how they should interact with each other i've been in it the longest right you started something now. <laughs> no no i just so i think the biggest problem is trying to separate family and ministry I think your family, your family, one, your family is your first ministry. And two, ministry is a family, it's a family event. Your family needs to be included in ministry. Your kids need to be working alongside you and not just there. They should be, they should be uh, just part of the ministry. I know when our kids were growing up, they all had a job. You know, we had a church for 16 years and our kids went to church every Sunday and they had a job just like Tim and I did. I mean, little Samuel at three years old, you know, he passed out little envelopes and they all had a job. Um, Courtney was talking on the way here how, you know, she got to play the tambourine, you know. I mean, it's... (laughs) (laughs) But it's, it's important. It's super important to include your kids in your ministry and what you're doing. That this is what, like Tiffany said, this is what our family does. Well, then the family has to do it all. So where everyone has a part, everyone has a job. Um, and it's, you know, no job is too little. No job is too big. I mean, that's, that's how you raise your kids in church. And they're the next generation. They're the ones that, you know, when we're all too old to do this, they're the ones that have are going to be stepping up to do it. So we have to train them now. We have to train them while they're small. And so to me, there's you don't separate family and ministry. It's all one. I feel like, um, well, to be transparent, you guys know that I didn't really want to start church. Like we were fine, what we were doing, and everything was, it was beautiful. And when the Lord started speaking to me about starting church and having church on Sundays, uh, I was like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. And he said, Tiff, your kids will encounter me and know me through, um, through this. And I was like, oh, well, hold on. You got my attention now. So I feel like everything that we do is generational here. I feel like, um, and we say it all the time, like our ceilings is our, our kids' floor. And what, what I mean by that is our kids will know the Lord through the foundation that we lay. And that is 
our hearts like that. So of course, this is about our family. Like this is a course, this is about our children. There are times where my kids, like I don't get to go to a game, like very rarely do I ever. And, and we make it a, a point, even at the coffee shop, even at Kingdom Stone, like we make it a point, our kids come first. And so if your kids are doing something the church can wait, like all of it can wait, but there are times like just being honest, like there are times that there's no one else to lead youth group. Like they're all coming and my kids have a game and I have to miss it. And so Jason gets to go or Jason goes, I'll stay, whatever. Very rarely do we ever do that. And then, but our kids are so good about it. I feel like they're so like, it's okay, mom, because we do, we are involved. We're in everything else and we're, we're at all the things. And so I think one time it isn't a big deal, but it's not, it's not something that we put on the back burner. Like our children are what we're doing this for. Like, obviously, I mean, it's, it's the Lord's house. It's a house for him. But what good, what good did I do if I led the whole town of Holden to the Lord, but my children don't know him? I will go home. Like it's, it's not worth it. Like my children will know him on a deeper level than I know him. And that includes my son-in-laws, my daughter-in-laws, my grandchildren. I want them to have a deeper relationship than I ever, than I do. Um, And again, like what good, what good is, is a house, having a house for him if it doesn't have family in it. And so um, I, I just, I feel like that there is no, there is no difference. There is no separation. Like what we're doing, our, our family is included. And if it ever gets to the point where our kids are, um, our kids are, are so lost or our kids, you know, like we will take a step back and say, come on guys, let's, let's refocus. And the, the church is not about, it's not about the building. It's not about a program. It's not about, um, fixing everybody else's problem. It's about family coming together and doing, just declaring the one thing that's needed. Yeah. Man, you guys both answered that so well. Um, so I agree with all of it. And that's it. No. <laughs> Ditto. Um, uh, you know, I feel that family is the first ministry that the Lord gave to me. My, my children are a gift from the Lord. Um, one of the things that God has called me is to be a mother to these kids. Um, and... Um, just like Melissa said, I really don't think you can separate the two. Um, family is ministry. Ministry is family, too. Um, I also feel that, you know, if we're going to raise our children up, I mean, that is that is ministry. And just like Tiffany said, I want my children to know the Lord on a deeper level than I do. And so as somebody who has ministry and children that I'm trying to raise up to know the Lord, it's important that I'm always real and authentic in my walk with the Lord because they're watching what I do more than what I say. Um, and, and that's really what ministry is about is just being authentic. And kind of like I said earlier, it's okay to say I have struggles. It's okay for me to go to my kids and say, I don't know the right way to do this, or I don't know the answer to this. Instead of just being the person that wants to throw a Bible verse at them to get them to listen and behave, because that doesn't work for my kids and it never will. And really all that does is push my kids further away from the Lord. Um, And if I can't, like Tiffany said, what good would it be for me to lead a whole town to the Lord, but my children not know him? Like there's, there's no good in that. Like we're called like 
to have generations and my kids are going to have children and their children are going to have children and their children are going to have children and their children are going to have children. And I mean, I'm just going to declare right now because it's our ministry they're going to have that same ministry with their children and their children are going to have that same ministry and there won't be a generation after us that does not know the Lord because that's what ministry is. It's good. Amen. Preach. I think too, it's, it's prioritizing, knowing the priorities and God sets it out in the Bible. The priorities are God, your spouse, your children, everything else falls under that, including ministry. The priority of God isn't ministry, it's God. And so it's, you know, God first, your spouse second, your children third. So, um, you know, if there's a, a random Friday night conference that pops up, but Friday night's family night, you know, it's, it's, movie, and, it's movie and pizza night. And they call you and say, hey, come speak at this conference. You need to pray about it because they're, they're there's a there's a thing you know you've got pizza and movie night with your family and right now that's your precedent that's your priority so if god says yes i want you to speak at that conference then yeah god trumps it that's god but if you're just like oh but you know it's a conference and they asked me to speak and i should go and god didn't tell you to go speak then that doesn't trump family time and you you should say no it's god not ministry, God, your spouse, your kids. And that's what Tim and I strived and strive to keep that, keep that in order, you know, and that's why, you know, we get harassed a lot for not going to a lot of things. We get, you know, we, we've had, we've had years of, you know, people, you know, giving us a hard time because we don't go do a lot of things. We don't go to a lot of conferences. We don't go to a lot of church things that people think that, you know, as ministers, you should be in attendance. And it's like, well, no, sorry, because that's not in our priority because we've got this conflict right here with family. God didn't say, I want you at that conference. So family trumps the conference. And it's just keeping your eyes on that. And God will lead you. God will tell you. And you know what? If he speaks to you and he says, yes, I want you at that conference, your family will line right up with that. And most of the time, I mean, they'll go with you. You just take the whole family. So then you're combining them, you know? Yeah, you take the whole family or something will pop up and the kids will be like, I know it's family night, but can we go do this or that? Hey, it works out great because God told you to go to that conference. I mean, he will make the way. But you have to make the point to go to him so that you're saying yes to the correct thing. I also just feel like the Lord is speaking to something um, along that lines, but not even not even necessarily ministry that we're not as women and men, too. Like this isn't I mean, I know that we're focusing on mamas, but um, we're not called to do everything. We're not called to be the PTO member and the, the room mom and the donut baker I don't know all the random things that we do you know like we don't have to do every single thing and God has not ever called us to do the things um, everything that there is to do and there was a time in my life that the Lord was preparing me for now but he said Tiff you're so busy doing the things that I haven't called you to that you're not even able to do the things I've called you to and I'm like oh ouch I don't even want to be doing half the things I'm doing but I've I've committed to them and and so there was this process of like well then how but they won't survive without me and the Lord just I feel like he just kind of rolled his eyes at me (laughs) like 
my husband does. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is, it's prioritizing, you know, and so even if we're not, we're not talking about ministry, we're just talking about being mom, being wife and not, we don't, we don't get our identity. Our purpose isn't based on the things that we do, even the things that we do for God. Like we, we can, we can work really hard and strive really hard and, and we're getting nowhere because he doesn't want us striving. He wants us resting. He wants us as daughters. And that's, I love Mary because of that one of the she what she understood is she the one thing that was needed was being with Jesus in that time and that's the thing is Mary was she's like she's she's in the Bible um she's not spoken of as often as many many other people in the Bible but people are still talking about her today and it, it, it he says that he says people will be you know people will declare your name um and I, I think that we that the difference though with Mary is it's not to not it's not just to put everything off on everybody else it's not to not do the things it's this mindset of I know who I am it's this mindset of 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 just understanding intimacy and that if I'm having a busy day that doesn't disconnect me from the Lord that doesn't mean that I don't continuously talk to him he's a friend he's a brother it's not just I I put him in a box and set him to the side when I have time it's this constant relationship with him and um Melissa Melissa brought up a really good point because, you know, Mary and Martha, Martha always gets a bad rap. And um, Melissa, you want to speak? What were, we were, we actually had church in the conference room before church started. We were, we were, and um, you, she brought up a really good point about Martha that I want you to share. And then I think we're probably about done. What well, was something, Tim and I, when, um, when Tiffany threw me the curveball this week? <laughs> Yes. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> and Tim and I, we were just talking about, you know, like the women in the Bible and stuff, um, because in some of the stuff she sent us to help us prepare, um, it, she had listed some women in the Bible. And so I was just going over that and bouncing stuff off of Tim. And we were talking and we were talking about how... Um, Mary and Martha, you know, in the Bible, it talks about how Mary was sitting at Jesus's feet and Martha was serving and serving and serving um, and getting irritated with Mary for not helping her. Um, but they were both serving God in their way. And Martha gets a really bad rap because, you know, she wasn't sitting at the feet of Jesus where Mary was sitting um, and worshiping in that manner. And we all worship in different ways and we all serve God in different ways. Um, but when you look at them, like, you know, Mary is, is lifted up in a lot of eyes because she was sitting at the feet of Jesus while Martha was serving. But then when you go back and you look, um, at the death of Lazarus and you, and Jesus goes there and Martha goes to him and she's, you know, her brother died and she's, she's upset, but she goes to Jesus when he arrives and, and she says, Lord, you know, if you were here, he wouldn't have died. But then she, she had a faith statement and she says, but I know that when you speak the words that he'll, he'll live again. She had the faith that she knew, even though Jesus didn't come and prevent the death, that he could reverse it. Where Mary stayed in the house wailing and crying, knowing Jesus was there and refused to come out. 
Yet Mary is the one that everyone honors because she sat at the feet of Jesus, but Martha's the one that had the faith. She's the one that told God, I have faith. I know that you can do this. Where Mary wouldn't even come out of the house and acknowledge Jesus until Martha went to get her. No, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm just saying it's, it's that, it's that looking at, you know, comparing yourself to the women of the Bible and everybody's like, oh, I want to be Mary and oh, Martha is so terrible. But and the she's world still needs, so honoring. The world needs Martha and the world needs That's Mary. Right. Because again, God's prepared all of us for something different. Like the Lord, like the world needs a Martha because without Martha, who's going to cook the food? Like, right. you know, who's going to feed the children? How, how are yes. we going to eat? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. That is good. Okay. 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 Well, I think that we'll wrap up. That went really quick. That was fun. I wasn't even nervous. I, I could tell. I know. I Look, was nervous when Jason see said, what we've here, done but to after her. That it went away. Yeah, it's something about sitting. Yeah, sitting. We should always sit up here. Okay, let's do it. Sorry, then you, babe, you won't be preaching anymore. We've got this. As long as we're all up here together. Jesus sat down when he taught. It's true. Yeah. Okay, um, we're going to wrap up. We're going to pray. Amanda's going to pray for us. And then um, I have a couple of announcements. She's used to me. I have a couple of announcements. And then we, do we still have donuts in the back, or did the children sneak in and eat them all? Thank you, Jesus. What? <laughs> Neither did I. Can everybody say thank you to Megan for getting the donuts and all the hard work that they've put into the flowers? Thank you, yes. Megan. Thank you, Megan. And I want to just honor our mamas here today, our mothers-to-be, our moms here that we are believing for babies. I just want to honor all of our mothers today and thank you guys. Grandmas-to-be! Yeah. Uh, I just want to thank you guys. I see you. I recognize everything that you pour in. I know the, the long nights and I know the waking up in the middle of the night and um, everything that you pour into it. Yes. <laughs> it's the nursing the baby all night long. Thank God I'm past that. Yeah, I did yeah. that. <laughs> okay. All right. So we're going to pray, and then I have a couple announcements, and then we'll go. God, we just love you. God, I just thank you for, for all the moms here today. I thank you that you're a God who's nurturing and loving, that you're our comforter. Comforter. I thank you that you've put everything inside of us that we need to raise our children, to be good wives. God, I just thank you that, that there is no comparison because everybody in here, they know who they are. They know their identity in you. They know that they're chosen, that they're loved. They don't have to compare themselves one to another because we already have everything that you've gifted us with. God, I just, I thank you today. I thank you for, for everybody in this room. I thank you for the message that, that we were able to share together as friends and just the atmosphere that, that you come into. God, I thank you that you never leave us and you never forsake us. We just love you, Lord, and just worship you. Amen. <laughs>